Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time-traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Ah, <laughs> come on. At least give us a raise if you're going to make us do a podcast about the New York Yankees three times a week. After what we just witnessed, I hope I moved the microphone away from my face enough on that agitated scream. And I hope that agitated scream gave you all a little window to do an agitated scream of your own. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. If you've got questions, and after that weekend and week against the Rays, how do you not have questions, folks? Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. The New York Yankees got swept by the Boston Red Sox over the weekend. They lost battles of the bullpen. They lost clutch hitting battles. They gave up late and close home runs. They got jobbed by the umpires, which is what happens to you if your team is bad. Calls also do seem to go the other way from time to time. I know we're sort of on the same page here. I'm emotionally divorced from this team until further notice. They don't seem to care. Why should I? I don't think the Red Sox are any better than I thought they were when we entered this weekend, but I know the Yankees are as bad as I thought they were entering this weekend of play. Twice they had two run leads in the sixth and seventh inning with a chance to maybe take home at least one win. Neither time did they take home a victory. And I did feel like I watched Sunday night's game. I was away for the weekend. Can't ask for a better weekend to be away for. I felt like I watched Sunday night's game through several windows from hundreds of feet away. At no point was I emotionally invested in that game. Good for Glaber Torres. When the strike three happened, Odor was just like, yep, there's another thing like that. This team needs a Monday off day like nobody's business. Luckily, they got it. Will they do anything with that Monday off day, though? I'm not so sure. Probably not. Uh, but welcome to the Yankees version of the Truman Show, everybody. Scripted, uh, simulated games and weeks that it just you don't even have to sit and watch. You just know where you know what's going to happen. We're, we're telling you what's going to happen before it happens. Uh, I guess we're I guess clairvoyance in a sense. I, I don't know. But yeah, we are genius. We are great guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, more of the same. We went in. Uh, that was my take going into this weekend. 
was, hey, if we can have battle of the bullpens with with the Red Sox, it's it's looking pretty positive. And guess what? We lost two battle of the bullpens with rested guys. Uh, I know Sunday obviously wasn't wasn't the same because um, Loisaga uh, and Green had been used the night prior and Boone wasn't going to use them again due to their heavy workload the week prior. Um, but uh, I think he took Herman out a little bit too early, went to the bullpen with guys who, you know, like I, I do like Lucas Litke. Wandy Peralta is OK. I'm just not like relying on those dudes to get meaningful outs against the Red Sox when they're going for the sweep and they're, they're smelling blood. Uh, a lot of things went wrong in the series. Do we really have to talk about the same things that are plaguing this team? Uh, I don't know. I guess we do. Michael King starting on Friday. That was a problem in itself. He actually wasn't bad, but I mean, that first inning, O2 fastball to Devers. What a tone setter. I just Thank don't God. understand. You have two outs. <laughs> was there, did he have any outs? I'm sorry. I don't even he had remember. Two outs, two strikes. Yeah, sorry. Two outs, two, two strikes. Yeah, yeah, it was two outs, O2, and then he just gives him a center cut fastball. Just and not for nothing, just a, a brief interjection on Michael King here. It's sort of widely acknowledged that the Yankees, quote unquote, through the Tiger series to get acquainted and get acclimated for yeah. the Rays and Red Sox this week, right? Everybody's saying that. People love to say that. If they threw the Tiger series by starting Davey Garcia and Michael King in that weekend, then what does it mean that they started Michael King to start the Red Sox series? What does that mean? Did they not throw the game one of the Red Sox series too? Just somebody tell me. What does that yeah. mean? If they threw one, then they threw the other. Because I think they just... I don't think they threw the Tiger series. I think they got punked by a team that had better pitching than they expected. They've yeah. gotten punked by a lot of people. I don't think they were lining things up, planning to give away the weekend against the Tigers, because if so, why did Michael King start the first game of this? And why did James and Tyone start the second? Anyway, your ball. <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I thought that um, we were running into the Red Sox at a good time. Their offense wasn't exactly producing. They had lost five of nine games. Uh, so maybe you throw in a Michael King there. Tyone, Hasn't been good, but he's been getting he's been getting into the fifth with more consistently. I understand that that doesn't sound very encouraging, but for a guy who's pitched as little as he has over the last two years and has had struggles this year with getting his stuff and and kind of battling, it was okay. And he was good on Saturday until the third time through the order, and then the wheels completely came off. And then Moisega and and Chad Green get touched up. Probably the two worst outings we've seen from them yet. I know Loisega technically didn't give up an earned run, but he gave up three hits uh, and a walk in one and two thirds. And then Chad Green just got absolutely bludgeoned. It wasn't even, I, I, I couldn't even believe watching that. It was. Uh, I'm not having fun with Chad Green this year at all, by the no, way. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm willing to, I'm willing to die on that hill. Um, not fun, not a yeah. fun experience. And a, a lot of times, Chad Green has been called upon in very close and very important games and has not delivered. And it has, in fact, uh, undelivered. And you know it's coming from the first pitch he throws. Yeah, and we should do a little bit of a deeper dive into that because that's like an eye test thing. He just comes in and like he'll oh, shut the door. Oh, it's fully an eye test. Yeah. yeah, and we, yeah, and I would love, I, I, I agree. I don't, I haven't exactly trusted him. I also kind of think that's an indictment on Boone. I don't like, I still don't like the way Chad Green is utilized. He's... He's still being he, like Loisega should be the floating dude that's like coming in in the sixth or the eighth or, you know, at the top of uh, uh, of the 10th and extras. Like, I don't like Chad Green being that guy. I think he I think he should have a solidified role. Maybe that's affecting his performance. I don't know. Nonetheless, he's clearly not performing up to snuff. Uh, he gives up a Harvey height double to Kike Hernandez, who was 0 for 27. Kike Hernandez literally had not gotten a hit in 
six or seven games. That was the slump buster right there. And then very classic though, two, two fastball, middle, yeah. middle, not high enough, just yeah. jumps all over. And it. then he does the same Bobby Dalbeck two, one count, just another, another center cut just here. Here you go. Destroy it. 400. I mean, at that point though, bomb. beat me, ten, beat me 10, three, like yeah. beat me 14, three, destroy yeah. me, daddy. Like I, I don't care. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. At I, that point. I agree. Yeah, it might take me out of my misery. Let Bobby Dalbeck go deep there. As, as soon as the, I mean, you and I know, as soon as the tie is broken, congrats to Kike Hernandez. I'm breaking his slump. As soon as that's 4 3, that game, that's game. That's yeah. wrap. You can do whatever you want. Like Christian Vasquez pokes one by the first baseman. It's a, it's a ridiculous rolling baseball. And we can talk about all the luck in the world. Um, the, after this weekend, if you believe karma is real and if you believe teams get penalized for the decisions they make, then that's not that's not correct. The Red Sox got a game tying home run in the seventh inning yesterday on an 090 expected batting average from Marwin Gonzalez. It's a pop out into left field in almost any other ballpark, but it was a game tying two run home run. The Red Sox got Christian Vasquez finding that hole. The Red Sox got the O'Dor called strike three. The Red Sox got every bounce for three straight days after rehiring Alex Cora this offseason. A.J. Hinch is also back in the game. The Astros, the team themselves, have faced zero repercussions for cheating. There's really no reason to not cheat. Um, and I'll just drop this pet theory here in the middle of this podcast. A lot of people saying that the Yankees inexplic like that the Yankees backslide on fastballs and strikes and their ability to attack pitches in the zone can't be explained. I don't think it can be explained by anything other than perhaps there was something untoward going on in 2019 that isn't going on anymore. That's all I'll say. There is no other explanation for why the Yankees offense can't do what it used to do. <laughs> there really isn't. No, this is it's a complete mystery. Uh, and that's why I'm, I'm at the game and I'm just sitting there and pe- some guy, some guy sitting in front of me is just I'm, I went to the game last night and he's just me. What happened to LeMayu? I'm just like, dude, I, 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 I don't know. I cover this team and I, I really don't know. I, I couldn't tell you if you were the kind of person who didn't think the Yankees should sign LeMayu to the six year deal they yeah. signed him to. You can't have foreseen him being this in year one. I yeah. thought he might be this in year six. And then you go, OK, fine. Serviceable bench guy below average bat, but can put the bat on ball when he needs to and hits 250 to 260, or even hits an empty 270 to 280. I, like, this is what I thought was the floor for LeMahieu in year five or six, where he's, like, not a starter, plays 120 games, but you you don't lose having him on your roster. For him to be this in year one is insane. Yeah, and I think at this point, Aaron Boone just really has, I know we're jumping all over the place here, but this is just, this is what life is with the Yankees. You'll have to forgive us. I mean, how are we supposed to keep, uh, what am I supposed to keep a note sheet after watching the Yankees get absolutely embarrassed in their, in their own home stadium? And it it didn't feel like in past years, I would have been like, well, of course the Red Sox come in and do that to us. Of course the Red Sox get all the breaks. It's everyone. It's the Blue Jays. It's the Rays. It's the Red Sox. So uh, it's not a Red Sox thing. It's a Yankees deficiency. Yeah, and the Red Sox, that's the first time they swept us in 10 years at Yankee Stadium. So at Which this is point, surprising to me. Which is surprising pretty surprising, to me. yeah. I felt yeah. very normal to be swept by the Red Sox from 09 to 12 yeah. or whatever. Apparently, yeah. it hasn't happened since 11. What yeah, do? I know. Well, sweeps are hard, as we know, but the Yankees made it look fairly easy. But at this point, going back to LeMahieu, I, I do I think he should be benched? No, I think Aaron Boone just has to move him down in the lineup. Who do you bat lead off? I don't know. Glaber's starting to heat up a little bit. Gio's a contact bat who who isn't really afraid to, to go, to go after pitches. Could have won maybe, the game for us last night. Though. Yeah. Maybe. Could've. Yeah. Maybe you put one of those guys up top and just bump, bump, uh, bump DJ down. Like, and Duhar, I understand he's not blowing you away. He had that. If he catches that Bogarts double on Saturday, it's also a completely different game, but that's another problem. The Yankees have, they're putting a third baseman in left field and they're just saying, eh, let's see if it works. You guys aren't the yeah. Rays. You can't really do that. But 
nonetheless, Andrew R is hitting the ball. Well, I know he had, uh, un- he got very unlucky on Sunday night, but maybe you move him up in the order that maybe Stanton comes back at some point in time on a consistent basis. And then that adds another layer to protect DJ later down in the lineup. I don't know, but LeMahieu lead off. You can't have a leadoff hitter. That's that's batting 250 with a 321 slugging. You just it, it's not really ideal. Uh, and he is the engine that has made the Yankees offense go the last two years. And he's stalling out. And then it's it's Aaron Judge coming up with one out. And Aaron Judge is has been getting the job done. But instead of having that runner on and LeMahieu, even if forget about the runner on just LeMahieu putting forth the quality of bat. There's no quality of bats anymore. It's one, two count, rolling a ground out, striking out, maybe seeing four or five pitches tops. And it's Loves just it's uninspiring. Yeah, it's yeah. just completely uninspiring. And something has to be done because that he's not going to work out of his slump just consistently being the leadoff guy. So it's something needs to be done. I don't know what it is. I don't know where you move him, but there needs to be a shift in the lineup in some capacity. It's so confusing because so many people's struggles you can explain by the league finding out more information about them. Like whether that's what happened to Gary Sanchez or what's happened to Glaber Torres kind of, or what happened to Enduhar. It does feel like guys who have regressed since their hot rookie campaigns, which, you know, that's not great. But it does feel like a a lack of adjustments made by the player or by the coaching staff and the league being able to exploit weaknesses that they discovered over the course of a player's hot start to his career. What Not great, right? You don't want to see all these Yankee bats regress. It's not a wonderful look. But with DJ LeMahieu, this is a veteran. This is a 10-year major league player. This is a batting champion. And this is someone who, even if you believe his numbers were inflated by the juice ball, which... They obviously were. There is no debating that at this point. He's still someone who should be able to be an effective above average star type without 20 to 25 homer power, right? If he hits eight to 10 homers in a season, but hits doubles as he so often did with the juiced ball, finds lines, plays the baseball down the line, finds holes, rips liners, you know, gets on base, like bat to ball contact skills. DJ LeMahieu should be baseline a 290 hitter with 10 homer power this year. And he is 40 points below that with less power, less power than 10 homers. Didn't he have a two home run game like against the Orioles? Unless I'm crazy. Like, oh no, against the Nats. He had two homers off Patrick Corbin. That's yes. it. He's got three on the year. Like oh. that is uh, you know, it's June. It's He's June a career seven. 302 hitter. There's there, like, this is the, reg- this is a regression, uh, an unforeseen regression. And it's happening with everybody. And it, it, they simply, I don't know what they need to do, but there needs to be a shuffle because 253 he's going through it. And it's clearly very frustrated. I don't know what's going on, but he, he's, he's, he just needs some sort of uh, new setting or some sort of new, you know, uh, area of the lineup to see the ball. Maybe he hits behind Stanton and feels more comfortable. I don't know, but I it's mean, insanity. Boone, do something. It's insanity to do the same thing every day when yeah. confronting something like this. And that's why Aaron Boone like is not to be blamed for the entire offense backsliding, but maybe you need to make a change or hear a different voice in the room. Chris Gittens, great promotion. Love it. Not enough. Absolutely not enough. No, Chris Gittens is not a savior. Having a first baseman, a major league first baseman helps, but Chris Gittens is not the only, it's not the be all end all. You can't stop there. Um, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Giancarlo Stan is two for 29 in his career as a pinch hitter. 
pinch hit again yesterday. If why? the biggest problem with Stan is he can't find offensive rhythm, then why on earth was he not sent out on a minor league rehab assignment to play every day? And if he was too injured to do that and play every day at the minor league level, then why is he back with the team? Like Yankees, the Yankees have existed for years without Giancarlo Stanton in the lineup. We'd be upset if he weren't playing, but I'm more upset by him playing one in every three games and going 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. That's not who he is as a player. He's so much better than that. A-Rod railed against him taking up the DH spot in Sunday night's coverage a-rod having a tough week a tough month i mean I, I think he's been thrown by a lot in his personal life i'm sure it wasn't very pleasant for him to have to call yankees red Sox, knowing what's happening with ben affleck right now but <laughs> he was making some absolutely absurd insights and he used yesterday to talk about Giancarlo stanton clogging up the dh spot for the yankees and while that is a problem peak Giancarlo Stanton being in the lineup is not a problem. Giancarlo Stanton being shuttled around when he's not healthy enough to play two out of three games. It, like that's the best he can do against the Red Sox when he doesn't play the outfield it is ridiculous. And that's the more pertinent problem in hand rather than him being a, a permanent DH. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, what changes do we have to make? Cause we have to do something off day. Come on. Introducing under armors, infinity high sports bra. It's ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Welcome back to an extremely sad episode of the Yanks Go Yard <laughs> podcast. Like, I, I don't know if you expected more anger from us today. I'm not angry. I really am not. It's like, it's just an inevitability of life. They're marching on towards the grave. Every time, uh, every time a game begins, you're waiting for it to end in exactly the same fashion. Them winning that game against the, the Rays 4-3 earlier in the week is one of the craziest outcomes ever. I have no idea how that wasn't a blown game. Um, I guess we could briefly talk. Uh, our oldest Chapman not throwing a second inning of work on Sunday night, just before we get out of Sunday night's game. What the fuck, guys? What yeah. are you are you are you serious? Like he's gonna th you're gonna go roll to Chapman for 12 pitches. And then once the game gets the automatic runner on second, that guy is scoring, right? Unless you have a miracle, and only a guy like a roll this Chapman is really likely to induce a miracle there. And of course, you know, Luis Sessa somehow gets us to two outs, two runners in scoring position. What was that pitch, by the way? Well, like I don't understand. What was I that pitch to Bogarts? Put it in play. Begging Bogarts to just put it in like, play. And he just rock it. It was It's not like it was a three. Two, and it, why didn't you? I don't know. Do, do I walk him to face Devers? No, uh, I don't. It's, I, I probably don't. But like, if it's a 2-2 two, two count, don't give the best hitter on the team a center cut 80. I don't even know. Like, I, no, I, it was I'm asking. Two one. The, it was 2-1. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I just don't understand what the pitch. It was an 84 mile an hour, just like. It, it didn't move. It didn't do anything. It was just right over the middle of the plate. And there was just like, it, it, not like trying to throw off his sight lines or anything. It was just like, here's a pitch for you to hit. And like the wrong, the wrong guy to just have the philosophy of throw strikes, trust your defense. That's not who you do that with. If you're going to, yeah, if you're getting behind in the count, you're not throwing that pitch, throw another ball and then maybe force him to think he's swinging away on three one. And then you got yourself a full count, but that is not, I don't understand that. Bogarts is gettable. He is. He's actually, a, if I were crazy to say this, but if I'm confronted with Verdugo, JD Martinez, Devers and Bogarts, Bogarts, a great player. He's the one I want to face with, with second and third there of those four guys. I probably because agree. 
you can get you can get him. You can get him flailing on a curveball, and you can also get him off balance on a changeup. I've how many times have you seen Bogarts pop up a changeup in the oh, other yeah. batter's box? How many times have you seen Bogarts start a long loping swing and end up whiffing mm-hmm. at a curveball low and away? Very good baseball player, but if those four guys, um, you know, Verdugo is going to make something annoying happen, and Devers and Martinez are just better hitters. Devers me. was 0 for 4, though, with two strikeouts at that point. So it's like, eh. you know, Kike Hernandez was 0 for 27, and then they got a fastball in <laughs> Tappy's zone, though. Like, I don't know. I, I think. I think Devers is the most positively affected player by Alex Cora. Um, But that does bring me into my next sort of larger discussion. Um, Can you blame Aaron Boone for what is going on with the New York Yankees right now? Um, No, obviously, you know, Aaron Boone doesn't have much sway when when you've got an entire lineup of players hitting 20 to 40 to 60 points worse than they've ever hit before and failing to attack strikes. It's hard to solve that with it's it's hard to solve that with a motivational, you know, a moment of Zen like Aaron Boone's not going to pop into the locker room and be like, guys, I just figured it out the quadratic equation. And then every player is going to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, let's go. <laughs> um, although, you know, you might want to motivate somebody to, to stave off a Red Sox sweep on your home turf. But it, it hasn't happened by now and it won't happen. The Red Sox last year were 24 and 36. Uh, horrible. Last place. Terrible. Bad, bad, bad team. Bad team with a solid offense. Horrible pitching staff. Pretty good offense. They inject Alex Cora, and the very next year, who do they add? Garrett Richards, who we saw on Sunday, sucks. Not good. Came oh. into that game three of the, of the Yanks-Red Sox series looking awful. I, I believe the Yankees stranded 10 runners through his five innings of work. He gave any up 10 base offense, runners in five innings. Yeah, any other good offense knocks Garrett Richards out of that game in the first or second inning. Uh, he's been largely not good. And when he has been good, he's been pretty lucky. Um, so it's not like the rotation has gotten a boost of excellence thanks to Garrett Richards. It's Martin Perez overperforming his peripherals. It's a solid one-two of Nick Pavetta and Nathan Valdi. Eduardo Rodriguez has also been bad. So the Red Sox returned a team with a bad rotation, bad bullpen, and good lineup and ended up adding Kike Hernandez and Marwin Gonzalez to all right, solid winning players and Garrett Richards to the rotation. Who's been bad. And the bullpen got Adovino, who's lost some games single-handedly, but has also held on to some and Sawamura who's good. The Red Sox bullpen has improved. The Red Sox rotation has not really, you know, a bunch of regression coming improvements and the lineup has gone from good to good. Uh, you know, a couple of glue guys have been added. Alex Cora is the difference between a last place team with no pitching and a second place team with uh, pitching, right? There, there really is a case study between the Yankees and Red Sox for what a motivator can do given the right ingredients, right? Alex Cora is not working with a skeleton crew, but Alex Cora versus Ron Renneke, it's a different universe. And the Yankees lineup with Aaron Boone at the helm right now, you know, can you reasonably say that there's any way they would be worse if you removed Boone from the equation, is there any way they slide further back from their goal? If you take Aaron Boone out and replace him with anyone, and it's hard to scream at Boone for not getting out of the dugout yesterday on the Odor strike three and letting Phil Nevin handle his business and letting Carlos Mendoza get ejected. It's hard to argue that a guy with a pacemaker should be absolutely losing his mind and trying to you know, blow up the ninth inning of a game. 
But at the same time, it's not a good look when Nevin does it after losing 22 pounds, stuck with COVID and a staph infection, and Boone sits there not doing anything. And if Boone's incapable of showing the managerial fire that sort of defined his 2019 because of, of health conditions and, and worries about his stamina, then that's only another reason he shouldn't be in the dugout. It's not an indictment on him no, personally. Yeah. It's just, it's worrisome. If, if that's even a factor, then he really shouldn't be doing this right now. Yeah, I think I also I don't I don't blame Boone because Aaron Boone is Aaron Boone. The Yankees hired him for who he is. He wasn't taking this job to be somebody who he's not. So the Yankees clearly wanted a more uh, buttoned up manager. Joe Girardi uh, wasn't exactly the, the player's friends, you could say. Uh, he he was he did not shy away from calling people out in postgame uh, interviews and whatnot. Um and I wish we had more intel in terms of if Boone is motivating people behind closed doors or if there's more contentious conversations in the locker room. But we don't there's no reporter access anymore. Yeah, and I don't we, we don't know speak on that. Yeah. And we don't know how much longer that's going to be the case. The NFL is allowing full fucking capacity stadiums and they're not letting 10 reporters into the locker room after the game. So this there it's very clear the sports leagues are using COVID as an excuse to 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 limit access for whatever reason. Um, the Yankees. The, the least surprising team in all of sports, the Yankees doing that is is just is clear cut for for their philosophy and who they are. Um, the difference in ownerships between George and Hal is, is pretty clear. Um, George rocked the boat. Hal doesn't really do that. It's been mostly a conservative approach. Uh, and you could just see that with the hesitancy with the luxury tax this year. You could see that with the. There's there for as bad as they played the last two years, there hasn't been like there hasn't been like one or two contentious post game interviews with with anybody, uh, really anybody at all, except for Luke Voigt saying that they sucked like last like last August, um, yeah, which was briefly nice. Yeah. So, yeah, it was great. So, I mean, there the Yankees clearly wanted Boone for his personality. I look, I know Boone had the savages in the box rant back in 2019. That was awesome. Um, and that certainly lit a fire and kind of changed the complexion of the, the whatever was going on. But that's I don't think they respond. I don't think that's like that's not really what the Yankees wanted. And Boone doesn't seem to be that kind of guy uh, on a consistent basis. And like you said, he's he just had heart surgery. Like how much does he have left to blow a gasket when there's been gasket blowing incidents every other day on, uh, for when it, it doesn't matter who they're playing or. Or, or whatever it is there, there's something that's going on, whether it's bad umpiring, whether it's players not, uh, you know, delivering to their potential, you know, what is he supposed to say? Another series, 23 men left on base, three for 21 with runners in scoring position against an inferior pitching staff. The Red Sox do not have Eduardo Rodriguez is bad guys. He's not good. Garrett Richards, not really scary. Eovaldi, you knew that was coming, so whatever. But whatever Boston's bullpen, not very good. I know Matt Barnes is having a pretty incredible season, but, just not entirely like good. And this is where the Yankees need to capitalize and show that they're different and they're continually not showing that. Uh, so I, like at the same time, I don't know what else Aaron Boone can say in these post gamers because it's the same questions every time. Uh, would I like more answers about the uh, floundering defense, the uh, lack of attentiveness on the base paths, um, the apparent just, everyone pooping their pants in tight situations. Like I know Glaber came through with that hit last night, but that was like, he did that. And you were like, Oh my God, How, wow. 
that that was more of a shock than it was a yeah we're the Yankees like that's what we do that was more shock. that that was that was a deviation from from the norm of what we've seen all season so I blame the I blame the front office for everything. The, look, like I said last week, go to MLB Daily lineups in Google. Click the first link you see. It's RotoWire. Go through every team's lineup. Every other team has three lefties or a combination of switch hitters. The Yankees have one in their lineup every single day, and that imbalance is the easiest thing to fill as a, a personnel individual who's making decisions on the roster. And the Yankees neglected to do that. So. I don't know how in terms of Aaron Boone, the motivator, like we said, we're not in the locker room. We don't have even Intel from people who should be in the locker room. We don't know, but it's, it's clear. It doesn't seem like he's lighting a fire under these guys because the same problems are persisting and they're in fact getting worse. Yeah. Last night's Glaber hit for lack of, you know, you know, once again, it's, it's just hard to get enthusiastic. Like it reminded me of down to the last drag tying the game in Baltimore, knowing that you were about to go into the dumb extra innings rule anyway and, you know, weren't going to use a role as Chapman and, oh, look, the Orioles know how to bunt the guy over and get him in from third and, oh, great. Like, just, you know, and there are brief moments of clarity where you're like, oh, my God, the Yankees tied the game or, like, the Yankees going down one nothing Sunday night. Oh, my God, the Yankees loaded the bases and are up 2-1 and have second and third one out. You still do. I mean, we've all watched baseball before. You trick yourself into thinking a rally's coming. It still feels like good things could happen to this team. But time and again, things break in the other direction. Uh, Matt Vaskersian is one of the worst announcers in the world and his calls of, you know, the, the ball four strike three. Oh, door thing. That was great. Just him. Going, <laughs> oh, come on. Like <laughs> one of the word glee at my pain and, and whatever, whatever. But at some point he said in the middle of the 10th inning and what a turn of events. And just how many times are you going to hear that before right at the precipice of the Yankees doing something good and competent this year? How many times are you going to hear that? You can like we can read we can write the script of these games before they start. You can pre bake that into a storyline. I can outright guarantee you the Yankees will have a lead at some point in a game, lose that lead, appear to be on the verge of taking that lead back and have things veer wildly in the other direction. Uh, That's the case through early June. Now, Monday, June 7th. Two plus months of this, uh, this team has a negative run differential. Negative. That's what happens to below 500 teams. So the fact that they're even two games over at this point should be a surprise based on the statistics they have put forth. Um, Sweeney Murdy, um, God bless that guy's great. Uh, had a stat that the you know the Yankees lineup is has always been right-handed and bulky and you know grimy and probably too burly and swings too hard and strikes out too often uh you know the emphasis on singles is an annoying conversation but the emphasis on righty versus lefty makes a lot of sense but when the righties mash the way these righties have it's very easy for deficiencies to be covered up Sweeney Murdy citing in 2018 and 19, the Yankees were 63 and 33 against lefty pitchers, which is what happens when you have a very right-handed lineup. Since 2020, they're now 16 and 19 after losing to Eduardo Rodriguez on Saturday. They're not playing to their own strengths. I mean, this is two years now, 2020 and 2021. Say what you will about 2020. They were unprepared depth-wise for the number of injuries that occurred in just a 60-game season. They seemed perfectly willing to coast into the playoffs, and they got what they wanted, getting you know a couple inches short of beating the Rays and moving on to the ALCS, despite having a really bad team that didn't perform well during the regular season. Last year, the offense wasn't the problem. This year, it is. This year, the offense is awful. No one knows what's rotten in the team. We can't diagnose it without getting clubhouse access or anything like that, and it's going to take 
an expose to, to diagnose what's wrong with this team. They papered over the roster in, in a bad way. Uh, the Red Sox signed Marwin and the Red Sox signed Kike. We signed Jay Bruce and we picked up Rubnet Odor in the middle of the season when we realized we didn't have enough lefty bats. This roster is broken, but it was broken in 2018 and 19 too at the plate and they hit a lot better. Now they're not even doing the things that the broken version of this roster did. Something is extremely wrong. Whether it's letting Aaron Boone go or letting Marcus Timms go or letting someone else go, change has to be made. I'm sorry. Either a change has to be made or you have to be prepared to sell at the deadline. And who wants any of these depressed assets anyway? Yeah, I I was going to say that too. I was afraid you were going to kill me, but you have to think that if this continues that you're going to go into 2022 with this lineup after what they've done the last three years. You're going to do it again. Is that what you're going to do? I'm not saying trade Aaron judge. I'm not saying trade Glaber Torres, but like, Maybe you unload Stanton and Zach Britton and just get assets for that. Maybe you test the market for Gary Sanchez if he's heating up a little bit. Maybe you see what you can get for Clint Frazier because he's young and still under club control. Like, I don't know. Maybe they do trade judge. Who knows if they don't think he's part of the future? I don't know what they're thinking. There's There's been no extension talks. He has a year left after this one. But if they don't have a clear blueprint in terms of what they're doing, because this the plan that they have was supposed to differentiate from all their lineups. We're going to bludgeon you with home runs. You're not going to be able to throw any lefty pitchers against us. Um, and even if our starters are not good, we're, we are going to be in every game, putting traffic on the base, base paths, giving wearing your starters and relievers down with, with quality at bats. Um, and it's slowly deteriorated over the last couple of years. And look, you look at, this is the last 120 games where they just haven't really been good. If uh, if you want to run it back to the ALCS against the Astros, where they were particularly not great too, we could, we could do that. But like, then again, 2020, was it a real season? Yeah. By, by like official stats. Sure. But you're, we're combining the last 120 games. So like, this is just one giant bad Yankee season, but that's unfortunately not the way it's, it's shaken out. It's, it's been, it's now two, it's now considered two and a half seasons. And there there's been no turnaround. So uh, like, like, look at the, like, even, even with the, we want to criticize Aaron Boone for just not being a motivator. Like some of his decisions still are questionable. Like I, I didn't agree with taking out Domingo Herman that early last night. He walked Bogarts big deal. Like let him face Devers. He's at 84 pitches. Why are we going to the bullpen when you know, you have kind of a skeleton crew, see if he can at least get through six because split inning duties for relievers, spoiler alert, never works for the Yankees. And it didn't work last night. Lucas Lickie gives up that two run Homer to, uh, uh, was it Gonzalez? Marwin, or, yeah, Marwin oh, Gonzalez. Oh, yeah, that 90 was, expected batting yeah, average on kind that thing. Of, yeah. Kind of shitty luck there, but like, and I like the Chris Gittens call up. I absolutely did, but batting him six two nights in a row against the Red Sox on Saturday and Sunday, like, why? Gary, Gary Sanchez is actually putting together good at bats. I know he's where he should be, but like, maybe move Clint Frazier and Duhar up, guys who have been like, at least Frazier's like issuing some walks and Duhar's getting bat on ball. Like you don't know what to expect in getting. So there's no sense in sandwiching him in between there where you're, you're not sure what you're going to get. And you didn't really get much. You went over over seven with, with four strikeouts and a walk. So not exactly great, but something is afoot and you have to think that th- 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 there might be a possibility that they sell some other assets at the deadline to kind of retool for next year, because you can't run this back. And if the bullpen, the bullpen is now underperforming. It's now we thought we were going to win battle of the bullpens against an entire cast of guys who had really bad whips with the exception of, of Matt Barnes, which lines up directly in our wheelhouse. Yankees theoretically work counts. They like to walk. They get traffic on the bases. Josh Taylor came in last night and just took care of business. The guy has a fucking 
4.34 ERA and a 1.7 whip. Like that can't, that can't happen. He can't, he can't strike out two batters and make Giancarlo Stanton looks like he looks like he's never played baseball before. So the problems run deep and it's not, obviously the players have to perform uh, and that's a big part of it, but also the roster construction, the DNA, the kind of the, the attitude and the energy surrounding the club is, is just all, is all, it's all gone awry. And, and that is, I think, reflective of what's going on up top. It's all wrong. And it, it feels unfair to make someone like Aaron Boone a fall guy. Uh, yeah. a, you know, it, it does feel unfair. But then again, would they be any worse off without him? Is there any way they'd be worse off without him? This roster, this roster, the way it's built, um, you know, say what you will about the balance, but there are too many good hitters on this team to even be 31 and 29. I don't know how they could possibly get worse. If they do, there'd be, you know, a viable backlash to the backlash. But you you have to make some sort of alteration. Nobody gets the same pass Brian Cashman gets. No other executive, especially not in New York. Every day, people are asking Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau about the minutia of the New York Knicks. Brian Cashman doesn't even talk. You don't even see him. Um, I understand he's made some, you know, trade steals and deals over the past several years, but there's something wrong with the team he's created, whether it's the manager or the lack of balance or the commitments he made to top stars. I don't know, but, you know, has has a correct decision been made in the running of this team since the end of 2017? Garrett Cole made perfect sense, uh, but a a monkey could have figured out that Garrett Cole made perfect sense for the Yankees, and I'm glad they closed that. But getting Gio Urshela because your scouts like him, that feels like a nice trade, and I don't think anybody thought he was going to blossom like this. Beyond that, I'm not talking about getting Urshela and finding hidden gems, though. When given option A and option B, have the Yankees ever made the right decision in four years? Aaron Hicks extending him versus not extending him and going getting a center fielder on the market like Jackie Bradley Jr., um, Luis Severino getting extended when no one else is getting extended. And then he loses the entirety of those several seasons to injury, uh, picking Stanton over Bryce Harper the next winter as Ken Rosenthal went into this year, uh, you know, not choosing Manny Machado and figuring out a place for him, getting LeMahieu over moving Torres to second and getting a shortstop on a stopgap contract. And then getting a high dollar shortstop next year, Marcus Simeon on a one-year deal. They're trading Luke Voigt at his highest value, trading Clint Frazier at his highest value. Uh, just a million things that the Yankees could have done and opted not to do over the last couple of years. It's not just, you know, obviously Gio Rochelle has exceeded expectations, but I'm specifically talking about A versus B. The Yankees have picked B and have been burned by A a hundred consecutive times. I don't know what the different voice in the room needs to be, but it's got to be somebody. It You can't just... If you're going to be the status quo, then you're Dave Dombrowski throwing in the white flag at the 2019 deadline for the Red Sox. You're acknowledging this team's not going to do anything. Yeah, and that's I was talking about that last night too. You that's that you just have to re you have to be able to and the, the, he we're always the Yankees are always reactionary and that's that's how it always feels because they it doesn't feel like there are like overtures to make the roster super, super great. I understand the Garrett Cole deal was one. Um, I know that he signed Kluber, but like they had to sign Garrett Cole. So throw that out the window there. The aggression is not there. There is the, there's just, there's a lack of reading the room and understanding that a, a bigger transaction needs to be made, or there needs to be a little bit of a shift in philosophy because Something has not worked for a few years. I know they ran into the buzzsaw Astros, but like, I think when you lost to the Rays last year, that should have sounded some, some alarms uh, because that was Stanton's hottest playoff. That was Stanton's hottest, what, six games maybe ever, uh, especially on the biggest stage. You had Luke Voigt, who was in the midst of a career year, though it was a shortened season. 
DJ LeMahieu was the batting champ. So like something was off and there's just now, now we've reached a point where something might have to be done in the other direction to kind of, you know, prepare us for whatever they're going to do in 2022, because yes, there's still plenty of time to turn the season around. Um, But then the trade deadline, unfortunately guys falls on July 31st with two months left in the year. So the Yankees, if the Yankees aren't going over the luxury tax threshold, that's an ownership thing. And that, that, that means they're not upgrading because there's no way to upgrade when you're $6 million short of that. There's nobody, no, nobody out there that's going to change your roster for that cheaper price, unless you get somebody to eat, eat a contract. Uh, so I don't know who, like you said, I don't know who needs to be chirping in Brian Cashman's ear. I don't know what else needs to sound the alarms, but I think the last two years, especially because we didn't run into the Astros and have to see Garrett Cole, Verlander, Grinky in a playoff series. Now things are starting to be confusing because they haven't exactly faced the best competition to start off this year. Schedule hasn't been entirely easy, but very winnable. And then you have last year ending the playoffs versus the Rays in that fashion. Very discouraging. So I don't know what needs to be. I mean, I do know what needs to be. I think I need, I think I know what needs to be done, but uh, they, they, there needs to be a multitude of potential plans for the deadline, whether they're selling or buying, because keeping this as is, is not the answer. Yeah, I'm no longer at this point in the malaise. I'm no longer interested in trading serious assets for an Adam Frazier type to yeah. just paper over and stay under the tax threshold and be like, look, we got one lefty bat. Are you guys satisfied? That's not the difference between this being a contender and not being a contender. You need you either need to pass the threshold or go all in on some sort of severe restructuring. Uh, yeah, the schedule has not exactly been violently terrifying. A lot of important AL East games played at home. That hasn't mattered. Yankees are currently 14 and 21 against the AL East this season. That's a 400 winning percentage. That would be their worst winning percentage within the AL East since MLB began divisional play in 1969. They don't have a single win when giving up five or more runs. No team has ever done that over the course of a full season ever. Not a, not an exaggeration ever. We're looking at the like one and 42 Brooklyn super boss from the turn of the century. Um, those are the teams that are within the realm of what the Yankees are doing. Yeah, so the 1909 Cleveland Naps had one win, and the 1918 Brooklyn Robins went 1-37. and Not quite the same sport at that point in time when teams were doing this. The Yankees' offense is doing historically bad things, not just bad for a team with good players, bad for any team that's ever been assembled in the history of Major League Baseball, bad for any team that has played in the American League East and worn the interlocking NY on their chest since the advent of divisional play in 1969. So get me to the end of this Monday. Do something before you start play on Tuesday in Minnesota uh, against another extremely disappointing team that I can guarantee you is looking at the Yankees as a get-right game right now. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast, which... I don't know. It might be time to see a therapist. I'm definitely withholding some anger, uh, but that's really all I can muster at this point in time. I was much madder last week when they decided to do whatever they decided to do in Detroit. Um, I, I, you know, I didn't leave this weekend overly impressed with the Red Sox. I left this weekend thinking this was as depressing a Yankees team as has been assembled in a decade. So uh, like we said, not winning the World Series with this current group. Something needs to change, whether it's this year or next year. And I no longer know what I want to see happen in the next two months because there's not a lot of upgrading to be done here. No, there's not. And guys, you can head on over to YanksGoYard.com and we got plenty of discourse going on there for you. You can talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at YanksGoYardFS. 
we're there to complain. We're doing it all day, every day. We don't know the direction. We're going to be throwing out suggestions. We want to hear whatever you have to say about this because we're stumped. I mean, how many more trade uh, candidates or scenarios do we have to offer up? Uh, I mean, at this point, we're just going to have to go through every single scenario and every single player in MLB to finally figure out how to diagnose these issues because we're they're, they're, we're at a loss and that's all it is. The anger, the anger is gone. We've reached, we're well beyond that. Now it's confusion and just expecting the poor play. Um, and that's it. So we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Hopefully we're coming off a win because what's this now? Four straight losses. Once again, we're three and yeah. 10 in the last 13 games after yep. going on a 19 and six run. So yep. uh, maybe it's a turnaround. Doesn't seem like it will be because uh, even the winning streak in that winning run, we got lucky and there was no there was no signs of the offense kind of coming to life. So still haven't won a game uh, uh, after giving up five plus runs. Oh, and 18. I don't know. I don't know. Find me at yeah. Tommy's underscore takes. That's all I got to tell you. Find us anywhere. 28 and 19, three and 10 immediately after that. Tied in the lost column with the Red Sox to six games back in the lost column of them and Tampa. It's bleak. And the best case scenario is playing Tampa or the Red Sox in a wild card game. I'll go ahead and pass on that. Find me at Adam. Find me at, at Adam Weiner. We'll see you on one. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.